Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Since 1993, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. We have you covered for your holiday dinner parties. Now at Copenhagen, get 25% off up to eight dining chairs with your purchase of a new dining table. For more ways to save, visit our showroom on Breaker Lane or go to copenhagenliving.com. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman and we're sponsored by Copenhagen Furniture. I'm Austin 360 editor Eric Webb. In this week's episode, we're getting ready to be trapped in a park for two weekends straight. That is right, it is time for ACL Fest 2019. I sat down with our two music writers, Peter Blackstock and Deborah Sengitha Stiff, to ask a very pressing question. Why do we love ACL Fest so much? The three of us talked about some of our favorite ACL moments of all time, and the sets we're most looking forward to this year. Spoiler, not necessarily Guns N' Roses. Make sure to check out austin360.com ACL for all our coverage before, during, and after the fest. Now, here's our music team talking about ACL Fest. Okay, Peter Blackstock and Deborah Sengupta Stith are Austin 360 music writers. Y'all are ACL Fest veterans. Peter, how many ACLs do you think this is for you? Uh, six since I've been here at the paper, and I think eight total. Okay, and Deborah, what about you? I'm not sure. Maybe 12? 12? A lot of them. That seems right. That seems right. So I think this is my seventh covering and ninth total because I went some in college too. Yeah. Sharon said, Sharon Chapman, our executive features editor, she said she'd been going since 2007. Was that right? That sounds about right. Yeah. So she should really be here. Shout out to Sharon. She's the ACL Fest pro. So what I want to talk about is why does Austin love ACL Fest so much? Because it has just grown exponentially since 2002. It started out as one thing and it's turned into a whole other thing. And in the process of ACL growing so much, we've seen other music festivals kind of grow similarly uh, across the country. Uh, so, Deborah, what do you think keeps people coming to ACL Fest? Well, I think a lot of it is, even as it's grown, it's maintained a very Austin character. If you go to the food court, it's all Austin restaurants. Uh, I also think that um, that the kids' area is a big part, that they've done mm. a really great job making it family-friendly, which kind of then turns into, it makes it like an Austin family tradition that you go every year. And so then once your kids are older than 10 and you actually have to buy them tickets, you still kind of want to go. Yeah. So it also helps people sort of grow up at the fest in a way. Like Mm -hmm. you go as a kid. If you you have cool Austin parents. Yeah. I didn't necessarily. I'm from Austin, but I did not necessarily grow up that way. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you can go as a little kid and eventually the festival programming wise. And Peter, actually, this leads into a really good question I had for you. It's the festival kind of grows with has the potential to grow with kids, as we've seen with the way the programming has changed with more EDM acts in recent years. 
So, Peter, how have you sort of seen the programming change as far as who's getting those big headliner slots or those sunset slots? And with that, how have you seen the crowds change? Yeah, you know, since I've been going in the last five, six years, I don't think it's changed that much. But when you look back at the early years, and the first year that I went was, I think, 2004 or 2005, it's very different from that. I mean, it started out more similar to, I mean, it, it's kind of mirrored what the television show's uh, evolution has been. You know, the Austin City Limits television show started out as this sort of, sort of an, an initially regional Texas kind of thing, and then became more of a country Americana roots music thing. And then around the time that the festival started up, it just kind of blew the doors off, and now the TV show books everything, and the festival really tries to do that, too. It's it's definitely, I mean, I think they're they're going for a younger demographic overall yeah. and and just a larger demographic they want they want the biggest names in music and that's why you get childish gambino or or you know last year we had mccartney and uh we've had foo fighters and and uh just all of the big edm acts tend to play here at some point too so uh i i think it's just a matter of them sort of catering to sort of the widest possible uh pull of getting getting that many people into the park two weekends in a row. Yeah, and it kind of becomes this musical buffet, right? Yeah. Where you can just really choose what you want to do. And there's these acts that have been playing since the first fest, like Asleep at the Wheel or Gary Clark Jr. But then you also have Billie Eilish, who is honestly just for a teenager. And yeah. most parents that are going there are probably not going to go in that direction. Although Billie Eilish, in her defense, puts on a fantastic live Truly. show. I have, I have seen her live and was super, super impressed. But I want to speak to you just really quick, the lineup change. Uh, about 10 years ago, I did not care about ACL Fest at all. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm mostly a hip-hop R&B girl. I like diversity in my lineup. And I felt like they skewed really hard to rock and Americana. And there really was nothing. It took many, many years before they booked their first rap act. And I think that seeing the response to some of the hip hop artists, they started slotting in. They realized that, I mean, I remember the year, the first year Kendrick Lamar played the festival, he drew this massive, massive crowd to a 5 or 6 p.m. set. And I think that that was kind of a light bulb moment for the um, organizers where they realized, oh, oh, even though it's Austin, which is not necessarily known for those genres, that there's an appetite for this. There's a hunger for this. And I got more excited about the festival after that happened. Yeah, And I think that reflects just the change of Austin over the past couple of decades, too. It's it's the the nature of the population here is much broader based in, in what they like. And so, no, maybe Austin has not been historically a hip-hop town, but the nation as a whole very much has turned toward that as a you know prime element of pop music these days. And Austin as a city has kind of grown and, and reflects that in, as well. Yeah, and it reflects the conversations we're having about representation on a national level. Deborah, I know you have uh, done a lot of writing about how ACL has not had a lot of female headliners, right. especially when Florence and the Machine uh, headlined in 2015 and. Lawrence Welch was was she the first female headliner? No, she was the seventh. She was the seventh. She was the seventh, but she was the only one. I think what you said she was 2011, 2015, 2015. So she there was a period between like 
2009 and, you know, present where she was the only one until mm. this year when mm-hmm. we have Cardi B and Robin. And Robin. And Billie Eilish is in the big type on the yeah. on the schedule lineup yes. poster, even if she's not playing the actual right, headline right. set at the end of yes. the night. That's true. That's true. Okay, so... We've kind of done a little bit of time travel already with looking back uh, as we talk about this year's fest, but I wanted to talk about some of the reasons that we have loved ACL fests, like us, me, you, uh, Deborah, and Peter. So what are some of our favorite ACL fest sets of years past, Peter? Well, I mean, I think the thing we love the most is the weather. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah no. so, so watch out this weekend. You know. A crisp fall. But, uh, we are going to be loving, loving those 97 degree days. Yeah. But when I look back at, you know, for me in, in five, this will be my sixth year covering this for the Statesman and the one that stands just head and shoulders above all the others. Uh, and, you know, I said enough about this last year, but Paul McCartney was kind of different than everything else I've seen there because he's different than everyone else who's played there. Uh, he's a, a legend on another level than even the the sort of legacy acts that they always try to bring in. You know, they have Guns and Roses this year, but that's not Paul McCartney. Yeah, you know? yeah. So th- that's that's the the biggest one that I remember, you know, and, and the one that, that just meant the most to me. But, uh, you know, Gary Clark Jr. in 2015, I remember as being a really, really powerful set. And it's nice that he's back again this year. I mean, they, I was sort of looking back as I was writing about him this week at his history through Austin and how it intertwined with ACL Fest. And I think they've made a point to get him back here every few years. And he played the very first two in 2002 and 2003. So seeing Gary there is, is feels kind of like an Austin rite of passage in a way almost. It's it's, uh, uh, it's kind of checking in with his home base. And I bet he's going to just have a massive crowd. I think he's playing the, the second to last set on Saturday before Childish Gambino. Um, so that's that's one that I have a really good memory of and also connects to, to this year. you know. And then sometimes it's... Uh, the bands that I just didn't really know about before ACL Fest. I, I tend to think of, you know, South by Southwest is more known as a Discovery Avenue, but there are always people in that lineup that I've never heard of that I think, oh, I can skip that. And then I actually listen to them and it's like, oh, I really want to see them. Uh, this band called the Coronas from Ireland was that way last year. Didn't know anything about them. They played a 1230 slot and ended up, I loved them. So. I saw Lucy Dacus at ACL for the first time, and Lucy Dacus turned to one of my favorite singers. And you mentioned Paul McCartney as being sort of a, I mean, it can't be beat moment. I didn't even care about Paul McCartney that much. I mean, I like the Beatles in the way that you like the Beatles because they are just an omnipresent cultural force. But like, I found myself tearing up watching Paul McCartney just because it seemed like such a special moment. Deborah, what have been some of your most emotionally affecting ACL Fest moments? Well, building on what Peter said uh, about Discovery, two of my favorite favorite ACL sets are Jadena, who played an opening set a few years ago. He just put on this really fantastic show, dancing, taking on characters. It blew me away. And you got to interview him, too. I got to interview him, too. And also, of course, our queen, Lizzo, Uh uh, who played in 2016, opening set, first thing in the day, killed it. And it was just such, for somebody who loves hip-hop and has kind of been waiting for women to take the mantle that mm-hmm. they deserve. It was just this incredible experience. So it was one of those things where everyone that was there, even people that just kind of wandered by when they first walked in the gates, like you saw an early morning set, you're like, oh no, she should not be playing this early. Right. 
even this early like in her career, like she's going to be around for yeah. a while. Yeah, back this year uh, in a 7 p.m. set. Yeah, and, with the number one song in the country. Yeah, and some of my favorite headliners, uh, definitely Outkast, the year they played, because and part of it was special because we knew it was their final tour as yeah. Outkast. And, you know, there have been reports on the road for uh, with Andre being kind of grouchy about the whole thing, and he was just kind of in it to finally put a period on that project. He seemed to be having a great time in that first weekend set. Uh, he he kept calling us the Dirty South, which always makes me, <laughs> I always feel a little warm and fuzzy every time uh, Andre and Big Boy refer to Austin as the Dirty South. The Dirty and, Southwest, at least. Yes, the yeah. Dirty Southwest. Uh, yeah, and so that one was really, really fantastic. Drake, when he headlined, drew a massive crowd. I feel like that year was one of the fastest sellouts they've ever had. Um and in his headline set, he used fireworks. And it was the first time I had seen anybody use fireworks. I don't know if he's the first person to use fireworks, but it just sort of put an exclamation point on everything. And mm-hmm. everybody going forward has used fireworks. It felt so in their, big time. Yeah. Yeah, truly. For me, I think some notable ones were LCD Sound System in 2016. I like LCD Sound System. Again, I said kind of like in the way that you just like the Beatles because the Beatles are an omnipresent force. I like LCD Sound System because I was around in 2007 listening to music and that's what people were listening to and people loved it but I found myself just feeling so emotional when they played All My Friends like I was just it felt like such a golden moment to like put like a cap on that night's uh, fest and then when Florence and the Machine played in 2015 Mm. like watching Florence Welch cavort around the stage and just keep that huge audience like all of their eyes completely on everything she was doing was just like watching a professional at work. It was so, so cool. And then just a couple more, I think Solange in 2017. Oh yeah, she was great. It just felt like something special. It was like you mm-hmm. never see something that's, it's all art, but you've never seen something that felt that highbrow, I guess, at ACL. It felt so, like from the lighting to the choreography to the set list, the way it all flowed, it just felt like something really, really special. And then also Willie in 2016. Yeah, I, I was going to say Willie uh-huh. was one of those I for the ages. I had forgotten about yeah. that, but I should mm-hmm. not have. Well, well, I had never, I'm like I said, born and raised in Austin. I'd never seen Willie Nelson before then live. And it was everything I had ever been led to believe it would be. It was wonderful. And okay. Matthew McConaughey was there too. And so, yes. You know. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I'm remembering now why that didn't immediately come to mind to me. Because I missed most of that because... Poor Amanda Shires drew this awful time slot of right up against Willie oh, Nelson yeah. on the one of the smaller stages across the park. And I had interviewed her and really wanted to see her. And I've seen Willie enough times. It was great to see Willie at ACL Fest because that's just a perfect Austin setting and moment. Uh, but I was really glad that I saw Amanda Shires. And it's, you know, it, it dovetails now with one other that I thought of as we were talking about this which was Brandy Carlisle yeah. last year, yeah, was which great. was a really special set. And it was during the time of some uh, the Supreme Court stuff, that, and she was very outspoken about that. And I just it was a very brave set, I thought, and, and happened right as her career is just kind of starting to go supernova. And now she and, and uh, Amanda Shires are in the High Women together, so uh, uh, maybe they'll come back here at some point. I say, I would love to see a High Women set next year. Okay, yeah. so. A couple others, though, that I would just love to drop in is um, Childish Gambino. Uh, I had seen him back in 2011 when he was first starting and his music was real angsty rap. 
And when he played uh, ACL Fest in 2014, that was right after, I think that was because the internet uh, had just come out and he had been online on Instagram saying a lot of questionable things where we were we were not sure how well he was doing. We wanted to give him hugs and stuff because mm-hmm. he sounded like he was having some kind of a public nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Came out on the stage and just destroyed it. Left everything on the stage, his dance moves, his singing. I was completely blown away. I was not expecting to enjoy that set nearly as much. And the other one is uh, The Cure. I uh, loved The Cure the way we all did in high school, crying alone in our corners. I was not prepared for the waves of nostalgia I would get the last time they played ACL Fest, and they're back again this year. Yeah, both of them here again this yep. year. Yeah, she both were actually both the Saturday Night Headliners this yep. year, so mm-hmm. you'll have to make a, a really, really we'll, hard we'll choice. We'll those maybe. two between us, yeah. 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 Okay, so real quick, just to wrap things up. Each one of us, I want to say the ACL Act for 2019 that we are most looking forward to as a potential future memory that we will cherish forever. Deborah, what's yours? You know, I have been for the last uh, six months, I don't know, ever since the lineup came out, every time I'm having a bad day or just trying to get through, get trying to get through my little life, I keep reminding myself that Lizzo will play Followed by Cardi B on Sunday of ACL Fest and and that gets me that buoys me and gets me going I think that one two punch is going to be amazing Amen Amen Peter what about you Yeah for me the the one I'm looking forward to the most is you know way on the sort of undercard of the bill and weekend two only but it's this singer named Yola who I saw at Willie Nelson's uh, uh, ranch outside town during South by Southwest out at Luck uh, back in March, and I was not really familiar with her, and just blew me away. Great singer, um, probably somebody who's going to blow up in the next couple of years. Great songwriter too. She's on um, has a record out on on Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys label, uh, Easy Eye Sound, and just really terrific. I mean that that won't be one of the the big sets that you hear a ton about because she's still sort of up and coming. But I could totally see her being back here. Three, three or four years from now in a much, you know, higher up the bill slot. And she's also on the title track on the High Women's album with Brandy Carlisle right. and Right, yeah, Amanda she's Shires. a guest on there, yeah. Yeah, okay, Deborah's technically mine's the same as Deborah's. the <laughs> Lizzo to Cardi B transition on Sunday night. It's with gonna also, be amazing! And also there's the Casey Musgraves right before right. that, so yes. that's a really big uh, triple threat there. So I will say something else, and I will say Jenny Lewis on Friday. Mm. I love Jenny Lewis. I've seen Jenny Lewis a million times. She's actually even been in Austin this year. She was also in Green Hall at Green Hall pretty recently. I just love Jenny Lewis. It's always a good show. She, to me, is one of those artists where she's had such a varied career over a long period of time. Every album, every song, the people who love her know all the words. And it's just a real, it feels like a little family reunion every time Jenny Lewis plays. And she's done really good sets at ACL Fest before. So I think it's going to be real special. Well, uh, make sure, listeners, to check out all of our ACL Fest coverage before, during, and after the festival at austin360.com slash ACL. And Peter and Deborah, thanks for talking to me. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. Yeah. That's our show. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, Copenhagen Furniture. Check out the Austin 360 Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter, at loveaustin360. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes because it helps other people find our podcast. 
I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast, is a production of the feature staff of the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Adam Fish. Our theme music is from local band Hard Proof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find everything you'd ever want to know about this show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for the show or, you know, maybe give us some feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com. We couldn't do this show without you listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your ACL Fest fashion tips. Until next week, we'll see you at the Mighty Cone Stand in Zilker Park. Since 1993, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. We have you covered for your holiday dinner parties. Now at Copenhagen, get 25% off up to eight dining chairs with your purchase of a new dining table. For more ways to save, visit our showroom on Breaker Lane or go to copenhagenliving.com. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.